0: Welcome to the Steven Mansfield Podcast. Wonderful to have you with me. Let's get right to it. We have an unbelievably dangerous situation happening in the Ukraine. It might very well lead to war in Europe. It might very well lead to the United States getting involved in a war in Europe for the first time in a long time. How's that for an introduction? <laughs> But it's true. And it's true largely uh, in terms of the American side of the involvement and the threat from Russia, largely because the um, United States is perceived as weak right now. We'll come back to that in just a moment. The Russian Union has long wanted to get its hooks in the Ukraine. During the Soviet days, uh, the Ukraine was the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. It's rich in agriculture, rich in natural resources. It has tremendous gas, petroleum. Uh, it has other mining sorts of uh, resources. It is a an amazing place. It also had, by the way, 70% of the Soviet Union's Pentecostals. So so there was something different about the Ukraine. It had resources. It had people who were exceptional. Um, it had people who broke ranks, so to speak. Uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful, rich uh, region. I've traveled in the Ukraine, and the people are amazing. Uh, obviously, many of them are bilingual, having come from the Soviet Union. Many of them speak Russian. And so a, it's a desirable country. It's a country that we want to have, uh, that that Russia wants to have a connection to, wants to control, wants to dominate. Other nations want to uh, do business in the Ukraine. Uh, in fact, this is a lot of the reason for the scandal with Joe Biden and his son, uh, that there were there were scandals in the Ukraine and there were bi- illicit business deals and so on. Why in the Ukraine of all places? Because it's a country that's rich. Because it's a country that's large. Look at it on a map because it's a country that uh, has a lot to offer. It's also geopolitically, geostrategically located. If you control the Ukraine, you have access to ports, you have access to other nations. And so it's something that nations have tended to want. Historically, the Ukraine has been a very desirable place. It's also, by the way, for those of you interested in uh, religious history, it's also where uh, Orthodoxy, uh, Christianity was introduced in into Russia. The land of Rus sent emissaries to uh, Istanbul. What is now Istanbul was back then Constantinople. They went to a worship service at Hagia Sophia, the Church of Holy Wisdom that is now, by the way, a mosque in Istanbul today. And when they, they were, at that time, it was a Christian church, and they saw worship that was so glorious when they returned to the land of Rus and reported to their ruler, these emissaries, they said, we didn't know if we were on in heaven or on earth. And so the land of Rus', accepted Christianity, Orthodox Christianity. That then permeated all of Russia and, of course, has led to the Orthodox Church that we know of today. So it's unbelievably strategic, Ukraine is. It's unbelievably rich. It's unbelievably fraught with powerful heritage and implications for the entire region. Uh, it's it's just desirable. And, of course, Vladimir Putin, uh, though he's many things we wouldn't admire, he's a very good strategist. He's very aware of this history. He's very aware of the region. He wants to restore the Soviet, not the Soviet, but the Russian Union. He considers and has said publicly that the collapse of the Soviet Union was one of the great disasters of the 20th century. And so he wants to restore Russian fortunes. And the Ukraine is one of the ways to do it. The Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian military could not possibly, without outside help, resist a Russian incursion. And the Russians, of course, have wanted the Ukraine for a long, long time. Now, what they're what's happening now, and you may have seen this in the news, is that the Russians are generating a false flag operation. This phrase has been around since since the 1600s. Uh, it basically means a setup. Um, it basically means when a country in the in the context of foreign policy, when a country, let's say, engineers an attack on itself and then blames it on another country with which it wishes to go to war. It's a setup. It's it's a false statement. It's a false claim, a false flag uh, would be for example you you put some Russians in the Ukraine. This is exactly true, by the way. They then protest and try and, and claim that they're being persecuted by the government of the Ukraine. And so the Russian nation comes in to rescue these Russians who are being persecuted, supposedly by the Ukrainian government. This then can lead to an overthrow or to war or to other kinds of military actions or the confiscation of territory. And it's all Setup. up. It's all false. The Russians put those people there in the first place and encouraged them and funded them as they worked against the government of the Ukraine. Russia's done this time and again in many nations. This was a standard tactic uh, during the old Soviet days. All of this, though, is happening not so much because of changing conditions in the Ukraine, but because during the Biden administration, and I'm not trying to play, play, simply play politics here, during the Biden administration, the U.S. has taken serious hits in its credibility, most of that having to do with Afghanistan. Our withdrawal from Afghanistan, our leaving people, Americans on the ground, our abandoning uh, women, our abandoning of people who stood against the Taliban, our making deals with the Taliban, all of it, just the disgusting exit and the way we handled it. And by the way, this wasn't just Joe Biden. This was also the Trump administration. The Trump administration negotiated with the Taliban as though they were equal international partners. This strengthened them. The Trump administration announced its exit timeline. And this, of course, emboldened the Taliban and they were ready to take over on day one. And of course, they haven't changed their stripes. They're no different than they were. They will oppress women. They will kill the opposition. They will, they will persecute Christians. It's all already happening. People have been killed uh, since we left Afghanistan for these very reasons. And so the United States, both because of the Biden administration and and also because of the Trump administration, both are true. This is not a matter of narrow politics, believe it or not. Um, We are perceived as unbelievably weak. And so No one really believes that the Biden administration will send America into war for the Ukraine. No one really believes that the Congress can act. The U.S. Congress is one of the least respected institutions on the planet. It has the lowest popularity rating in its history right now amongst Americans. It's perceived to be divided. It's perceived to be ineffective. It has almost no national leadership emanating from it. And believe me, we live in a, in a media world. We live in a global society. Uh, people know what's going on. Just because you live in, in Cairo, just because you live in London or Paris or live in Moscow doesn't mean that you don't know the same thing a guy living in Dallas knows. In fact, I'll tell you frankly, uh, most of the news that's broadcast overseas is more detailed and more, I'll say, intelligent, more sophisticated than American news. You know when I sit when I listen to the news in the United States, I don't. I try not to watch much American news. Um, I pay attention to Al Jazeera. I pay attention to the BBC. I listen to uh, the news from other nations because it's far more intelligent. It's far more detailed. It's far more nuanced, and it covers more than just what Beyonce is doing these days. Um, it follows or what the Kardashians are up to. It, it it gets into the details of what's actually causing situations, and so people are very well aware of what's. Going going on in the United States, people abroad, people who are paying attention to the news. I'm always amazed. I'll land in some remote region of the world and have a conversation, maybe with a taxi driver, and his level of knowledge, because he sits there listening to the BBC on his uh, taxi radio, he sits there listening to Voice of America, he he listens to the sophisticated news broadcast elsewhere in the world. He's highly intelligent. He knows far more than even college students do in the United States about Internet national affairs. And so these people know what's going on. They're paying attention. And the U.S. Congress is stunningly weak. And as we all know, as we're all hearing in the press, the Biden administration has not just had a bad week, as some people are declaring here in the third week of January, uh, it's having a bad year. It's having a bad administration. Its polls are low. It's highly ineffective. It can't, The Biden administration can't rally its own party, certainly can't galvanize the GOP. Um, it's very likely that Democrats are going to lose both the House and the Senate in the midter- midterms. And right now, it's the GOP's effort the taking in terms of the next presidential race. And that's because, believe it or not, one year of Joe Biden. I'm not blaming him personally. His whole administration's a little bit strange. There are some, certainly some good people. I'm very impressed with some of the appointments that he's made. However, overall, the administration has failed on almost every front and cannot galvanize even its own party. Now, I'm going off on this, not because I want to beat on Joe Biden, because I'm, I'm happy to give Trump his due for the disasters of a foreign policy, which is pretty much where I live in terms of my focus. But the issue is that we are perceived right now as stunningly weak. Now, This, of course, is overstated, as all short-term trends are, and our enemies would be very unwise to mess with us, because once we finally declared war, once we finally sent troops abroad, we would get the job done. There's no question. Uh, We are a population that is twice that of Russia. They are twice our landmass, but we have a far more powerful military than they do, far more powerful and it would be a a disaster for them to go to war against us, uh, even in some trumped-up proxy war like in the Ukraine. So we should defend the Ukraine. We should check Putin's aspirations, uh, encroachments, and we should be willing to commit uh, troops and forces to defend the Ukraine. The likelihood is that we won't. And I'll tell you what will happen next. China will move on Taiwan, and it won't stop there. This is what happens when the world's policeman. this is what happens when the United States, which has been for the most part a moral force in its foreign policy, with its powerful military, begins to weaken and, and show itself divided. We have a powerful, powerful military, a stunning military. However, we, we, it, it is submitted to political forces, and we are a political joke right now in the world. Uh, January 6th harmed us horribly. Uh, Left and right won't talk to each other. Factions within the two parties aren't talking to each other. It's very likely both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party will divide before the next presidential election, 2024. We're a country in trouble, as I've said recently in podcast. And by the way, what's funny about this broadcast is that I'm fairly optimistic about the future of America. (laughs) We're just in a mess right now. All of this to say, bringing it back to our point, that right now Russia is engaged in false flag operations in the Ukraine. It's trumping up reasons to move its forces in. It's positioning troops. It's positioning materiel. It's flying planes into regions that it doesn't have the legal right to Uh, within the Ukraine. This is what big nations do when they're trying to intimidate and announce their intentions to dominate. And that's what's going to happen. So unless we are decisive, unless Joe Biden actually makes sense in a speech, unless we get unified, unless Congress gets it together and speaks with one voice, at least in its majority, then we are going to see Russia move on the Ukraine. And this will be the first major statement since the fall of the Soviet Union that Russia intends to rebuild its empire and that it's daring and damning the West to do it. This is a critical issue. I'm sorry to be negative in this podcast, but you know what? We brought it about by being weak and divided, which means that if we are strong and unified and principled, I will say, we can resist these things. We are stronger than China. We are stronger than Russia. There's no question about it. We just have to have the character, the will, the higher moral cause, and the unity to get the job done. It's time. It's time for us to realize the peril that we're in and what we're about to subject the world to because of our folly. Let's fix it.